Welcome to the 1570 Project. It's once again a 1570 Friday on a Saturday, but it's been kind of a big week. We've been super busy. Uh, The president has not been super busy, I would say. He's spent a lot of the week on vacation. Um, But almost more interesting to me, the media has had a really busy week uh, because they've finally decided to start covering the Biden administration, which is uh, an interesting turn of events, to say the least. They've mostly just been enamored of the Biden administration up until this point. So it might look like I'm alone here today, but I'm actually not, because to talk about uh, the media's sea change here is... in their coverage of Biden, I've brought in one of the biggest media members that I know to uh, cover these events with me. So I would like to introduce you all to uh, my surprise guest, who I've, uh, after a lot of begging, finally allowed to come on the 1570 Project with me, my husband, Tom Shattuck, major media member. So, wait, now you said biggest media member at first, <laughs> which uh, allows the possibility that you meant from pound for pound, Alice, which you didn't think of, obviously. So, I'm only 147th as far as guests go, and uh, was not the primary intended guest for this one. So, thank you once again for showing people my place in well, your you're universe. Well, nice, you're a nice The uh, guest that was supposed choice. to be is right down here, by the way. You can see. Hold on. I'll turn this. Here's the, the first intended guest who's drunk. I spent time to, setting oh, up go. that it's camera, back. honey. Is it, back? is it back? You're back kind of off center now, but you're back. How about now? Okay, now you're okay. Um, anyway, Tom made sure that I put his lights on behind him as mm-hmm. well. He wouldn't come in the studio and sit on the yellow sofa unless the lights were operational. So his priorities That was are- in my rider, correct? That was right. I, I take a holistic approach, Alice, to interviews mm-hmm. when I do them, and I need Himalayan salt lights around me constantly. It feeds my mind, body, and soul. Well, that's great. We're lucky to have you, obviously, over here on the very pretty over there. Or is it not appropriate to hit on the host of the show? <laughs> you can hit on the host. When you're of my the guest, show. I'm just uh, absolutely. Your Himalayan salt lights aren't on. They are on. They are. Yes, they are. Oh, it's just the sunlight's coming through. Mm-hmm. It's bright in here, so it's hard to see my Himalayan salt lights. Charms our studio decorator, by the way, here in the <laughs> Burn Barrel Podcast uh, Studios. But- Alice in charge of uh, landscaping and general. Con- contract construction in the house and i'm not saying anything but there is um our lawn is uh in need of attention okay well it, it has been raining i don't know if you've oh, yeah, observed so. that but can you I, not mow in the rain i can't mow in the rain maybe you can when i was inside crocheting fresh doilies i was wondering to myself if that was something that would <laughs> hinder impede. lawn yes. mowing okay well in any case uh we've had a busy week uh, beyond just housework at our house because we've been uh, watching with bated breath the president try to handle the situation in Afghanistan, which he has not been doing a really good job of, I would say. At least that's my professional assessment as a, um, a you know, an expert on military operations. I would say I don't think this was the ideal way that uh, the withdrawal should have been handled. Um, but... It's interesting that the media seems to have taken a different approach now with the Biden administration. It's been like all sunshine and butterflies and roses pretty much until this week. So what what do you think the factor was that tipped them over the edge into this? Like, I mean, to the Biden administration, it must feel hostile what's happening right now with Mm -hmm. the media. Well, I think that they, among other things, first of all, in the last couple of weeks, the media was asking questions and not getting answers. And then when they were getting answers, the, the administration was putting together this weird, oddly rosy picture, different than what media, especially national media, was hearing on the ground from their own correspondents. So they're hearing that these provincial strongholds and capitals are falling, and the administration is simply telling us, is, is Saki's pointing back to Biden's words, uh, from a month ago saying that it's not going to be Saigon, that it's going to be an orderly situation, that yada, 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 and we're going to get our people out, etc. And then they're watching in disbelief. And meanwhile, the, this media here, they're reporting to us status quo, status quo, status quo, status quo. But they've got reporters there saying, hey, we've got a, we've got a situation here. And then unbelievably, you know, when it got to the point where, where the media said, hey, listen, uh, you need to level with, with us. 
which was just last week, mm-hmm. the Biden administration said, all right, we'll level with you. In between 30 days and suddenly Kabul is captured and the whole place is captured. And right. suddenly everybody's frozen in place and the enemy controls the entire country. And so now we're at a point where the media looks over and CNN's got this excellent little reporter looking over at the Biden administration saying, you know, we've been working with you here. You're telling us nothing's going on. We've got assets over there and friends and mm-hmm. families frozen into place. Say something and do something. And the Biden administration blew it off as if it didn't happen. No, what do you mean? We were, we were always supposed to. We always knew something would happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And George Stephanopoulos, who, uh, who was not trying, and that shows you how bad things are, was not trying to trip up Biden. Right. Just let Biden answer. And Biden said, you know, everything went as planned. Absolutely. You always expected something. Meanwhile, a month ago, he said that we would, this would never happen. We would not get a Saigon moment, he said a month ago. And for us to now have a Saigon moment, that's just a photo op. That was the small stuff, as grisly and awful mm-hmm. as it was. Well, yeah, people. that was last weekend's news was that we right. were having a Saigon moment at the embassy. We were evacuating the embassy by helicopter, which they told us absolutely was fine. We always evacuate our Kabul embassy by helicopter. Duh. City's not safe right. to drive through, obviously. Everybody knows that. But but, so, but also, Alice, you know, with the Saigon moment, fine. You've got mm-hmm. that final photo op of the chopper moving off of the moving off of the embassy. Then you've got the the uh, navy pushing helicopters off of the flight deck so that so the planes can come in. And then you know, a nation got to look inward and try to move on here while the Khmer Rouge went and destroyed people and, and killed millions of people, etc. Mm-hmm. And while all the other fallout had in this situation. This is untenable. I, this, I've never seen this ever before in my life because now the second half of the, sh- the, the second shooter drop here, mm-hmm. which is the humanitarian, hor- horrific, uh, humanitarian, murderous rampage that could happen at any time is we're waiting on it. It could happen at any time now. And we've never had to do this. Never before has America been put in a position where we're in this purgatory where at any moment we could watch executions and we've had one-offs one-offs with uh what nick berg and uh you know pete foley and people who have been executed by terrorists Mm -hmm. but what we've got now is unbelievably we have a hostage situation involving at least twenty thousand americans including troops at least that's not including afghans Right. We've got a situation here that could be unlike anything we've seen. If, if you think, and it, there, there's only, in our lifetimes, there's the TWA, and this is, you don't even remember this, the TWA mm-hmm. hijacking where they killed some people on board. Uh, the And this is the 80s, the clean hopper thing with uh, in, in, where they where they pushed an American over overboard, shot him and pushed him overboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very rarely do you have situations where you, where you live on edge like this. And like what the Chilean miners could die, and though that now we've got right. this situation where we've got thousands of Americans at the mercy of the most murderous people on earth, and it's a uniquely huge and volatile situation, uniquely, right? And it is alone as far as something we're watching on TV. It's as if in nine eleven, uh, Bin Laden said. You have 20 minutes before we destroy the building, and we're suspended. And my, oh my goodness, they're going to destroy. Right, it's- and it seems as though we're in suspense watching this happen. But the Biden administration doesn't seem to be watching the same movie that the rest of us are watching here. That's totally. They're right. tuned to a totally different channel and doing something completely different. You know, he came out and gave a COVID press briefing on Wednesday and took no questions, as though well, nothing Alice, was happening. Yesterday, Alice, he gave a victory speech yesterday he said since i spoke with you monday we've made significant progress we've secured the airport enabling flights to resume not just military flights but civilian charters from other countries and the ngos taking out civilians in vulnerable afghanis and now we have almost six thousand troops in the ground including the 82nd airborne providing runway security the army 10th mountain division standing ground guard around the airport in the 24th Marine Expeditionary Unit assisting civilian departure. This is one of the largest, most difficult airlifts in history, and the only country in the world capable of projecting this much power on the far side of the world with this degree of precision is the United States of America. Wow. Something good must have happened. And that's why this this is remarkable. The fact that they're not 
focusing on the crisis. This is a crisis. As the hostage crisis in 1979 was the crisis that was, you know, they the show Nightline was a special about the hostage crisis. Day one, day two, day three, which was a couple of hours every night. It was as 24-7 as it could be back then. Mm-hmm. And this is much bigger than that. This is bigger than anything right now. But we're acting in the in the in like you said. He tried to move along, saying there's oh there's um there's um we're getting more um we're getting more vaccinations out there. Could be booster shots coming. This is not a DeSantis. This is a jerk. This idea that they're trying to move the the um the they're, they're trying to move the news cycle along. I think that's another reason to get way back to your point. Right. I think that's another reason why the media, many of them in the media, have had enough. Is because they're trying to make the media complete complicit in this dangerous, deadly charade. Right, but they always have been before. So why is this one different? I mean, they moved along from the border. There's still 20,000 kids in border patrol facilities right now. Like, they moved along from that. They moved yeah, along but, from but, lots but, of but things. But many in the media ideologically believe that those the people in the border should be in the United States. Also... Trump was very anti-border, very anti-immigrant uh, immigration from the mm-hmm. south as well. We're talking here about legitimate, large-scale mass murder. Right. I mean, well, the mass murder hasn't happened yet, but right. it's about to probably. Um, right. And so, and that's the thing, and it's uncomfortable, but it's insane for the administration to not. I mean, it's they made it impossible for this medium to turn away. And also, remember, you've got people in the media now, especially people who are more senior positions, who were in their 20s or early 30s in 2001, Mm -hmm. many of them against the Bush Wars, totally against the Bush Wars, many of them happy to write and talk about, including Jake Tapper, the plights of many of the troops and of many of the civilians, civilian casualties, whatever. And now they've put their stock in trade in that. Their, wor- their, their important work, their tome was that, mm-hmm. about the humanity. And now they're put in a position where Biden's telling them, compelling them to turn aside, look, look away from the humanity and do some new messaging for us. We need you. And I think these people need to sleep at night, too. Right. So, I mean, Jake Tapper is a good example because and this was a week ago that Tapper started to push back on this because it was last Sunday he had on Blinken and... He said, essentially, you told me this wasn't going to fall from a Friday to a Monday, and it's Sunday now, and Kabul is falling right now as we speak. And and he said, essentially, like, you guys were wrong. And, you know, Blinken sat there and made a bunch of excuses and tried to tell him how it was different from Saigon, and they knew it was going to fall, and it's totally fine, and everything's going great. But Tapper really was not having it. So mm-hmm. now that was six days ago now and the the administration is still trying to tell the media that nothing's happening here that they need to be reporting on no it's remarkable it's it's remarkable it's like after after 9-11 for the biden administration let's say it's september 12th biden administration to ha- hold an emergency address to the american people and step over mentioning the twin towers getting hit by uh planes and simply saying um, by the way, this is the biggest single uh, first responder effort we've ever seen. We've got, you know, this many uh, cops, this many FDNY in the area. We're using this many Coast Guard to help supplement. We're using this many. Only a great nation could do this. And you'd be like, what? Wait a second. The news is we got slammed by the buildings. I, it's like, that's the problem. And in right. the fact that they're, and that's why it's remarkable. And so that you're, it's so, it's insane here. That they're even, that the, and also, here's another thing else. Where's all the photo ops of the Situation Room now? Well, there's nobody in the Situation Room, seemingly, because Biden has gone on vacation, Kamala's in Southeast Asia, there's nothing going on, nobody is running this show. Well, totally, but if you're somebody who's working in the, in the, on the city desk at CNN, you're saying, tell me they supplied photos for us of, or at least some B-roll of stuff going on in the Situation Room. Tell me they gave us something on this story. Well, Kamala but, tweeted one picture of them on Wednesday sitting together. Well, that's fine, <laughs> but you're as an, as especially for the weekend crew, you're expecting copy from these people, especially if there's a crisis. And you're getting nothing from them because the administration's making pretend that it didn't happen. So they're like, "Oh, okay. What what is going on here exactly?" And I think some of the old hands and I'll put Tapper in there with them are saying 
Okay, guys, uh, it's time for us, whether we like to or not, it's time for us to do a little journalism here because we've got a prop, we've got a situation. And also, you know, another thing is, is that I think that some of them are seeing opportunities saying, well, we are really being lied to, misled. The, the, the Millie and Austin, neither of them can keep a poker face here. So saying somebody yeah, Lloyd has- Austin is starting to leak stuff. He's starting to CYA. So he was on yep. a call um, after Biden's press conference yesterday where he was talking to to people in Congress and he said, yeah, we're we are too hearing that people are getting beat up on their way to try and get to the airport. We oh, are hearing what, that people can't get there. What did you say and before now the we got embassy- on else? Right. That's what you're getting Yeah. And now the embassy just put out a statement this morning saying- Actually, don't come to the airport. It's not safe for you to come to the airport. Meanwhile, Biden stood up and with a straight face said to reporters yesterday in his press conference before he vanished for the weekend, he said that he that they haven't heard of anybody having any trouble getting to the airport. They have heard no such thing. And that's not a thing that's happening. This is incredible. It's not safe for you to travel to the airport to escape. And we're not going to help you. And we're not going to get you, so stay in your homes while the people who will kill you or harm you or stop you if you try to get to the airport have total control. They have total agency over you. They have an agency over running water, over electricity, over your internet, over your um, uh, health care if you need some. These savages are in charge now. Mm-hmm. And we're, we have no recourse for them, and we're not going to go in. We're not going to do this. We're not going to. Meanwhile, the British and the French are looking like bleeping heroes here but burning in and out of the airport into mm-hmm. the city saving their people somehow we just can't we yeah and so this is another thing is that biden said also said that he'd heard absolutely no criticism from our allies and the of, of our credibility and that it was the opposite and everybody loves how we're handling this and uh in the meantime, The Guardian now, so now we're moving on to foreign outlets that are reporting on this now. The The Guardian is reporting, and this would have been if this happened in Trump. I know that uh, this is like the trite thing to say if this happened in Trump. But if this happened in Trump, this would be impeachment already. The Congress would have convened over the weekend. The Guardian is reporting that the U.S., in their readout of Biden's uh, phone call with Macron, mm-hmm. that, the, that the United States omitted criticisms of biden that macron made in the call that biden said that we need to take moral responsibility and get people out and that the united states has a responsibility here that we're not living up to and it's in the french readout of the call from the french government but it's not in the u.s readout of the call from the u.s government it doesn't sound like a la transparency to me i'm not sure i would say that that's a pretty big problem and for biden now to have gone out and said that he's heard no criticism of the United States from our allies. I mean, you can say he just hasn't watched the news, so he doesn't know that Parliament held him in contempt or that, you know, people that all these news reports are coming out that our allies are rip bleep at us. But but he was on a call with Macron where Macron right. criticized him. So he knows he knows. And the White House didn't put that in the transcript of the call. That's incredible. That's it. That's a sign of end of days. Uh, that's what that is. When you're scrubbing communiques for really for 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 what the the the, the efficaciousness of uh, it's not efficaciousness for the uh, to please it, it, mm-hmm. your your immediate command structure to please the commander in chief. Meanwhile, you know that the rest of the world can see, but simply you're just giving him. The sob that he needs, mm-hmm. that's not the sign of an administration on the rise. That is the sign of the administration in bad descent and a free fall, really. If they're well, doing yeah. that to assuage him, that's like people, and, I, and I'm not going to use the Hitler stuff, telling Hitler in August of 1945 that things are going well, that the new Hitler youth squad has pushed the Russians back. It's like, mm-hmm. go ahead, tell them that. Just give us, it'll give us 10 minutes to at least pack up. Well, and there are some reports. People are saying that unnamed sources out of the White House are saying that the White House actually thinks right now that the worse this situation in Kabul gets, the more it reinforces that the president was making the right decision to get us out of Afghanistan. So there are still some people in the more like partisan hack parts of the media that are trying to make this about Biden's moral courage getting us out of Afghanistan and that um, you know that <laughs> the, the media are just all big warmongering hawks 
that are actually secretly big conservatives well, that you. are going after him and that actually they're just attacking him because he's the first president strong enough to stand against the military industrial complex and get us out of Afghanistan. That is some kind of uh, eight-way bank shot if, if they think that. <laughs> That this is going to make people take a, a, a neutral and sober look at the mm -hmm. entire war. Maybe that's why he keeps telling the entire comprehensive story of how we got here, which is uh, how you know that somebody's wasting time and spinning tires. But, I mean, that's obviously crazy. This is this is nuts. This is an abdication of duty. The guy's not around. The administration is not around. I, it's almost as if they've quit. We're in a crisis situation. So they've stopped. The, here's the situation. The only thing we have going for us right now, I believe, is that we have thrown the Taliban such a curveball in our complete incompetence and uh, cluelessness is that possibly it's such an embarrassment of riches that they don't know how to adequately scale up right now and take full advantage. But it, they could certainly just do what they know how to do best, which is to be street terrorists, and that's all it would take. Start whacking Americans, start taking pot shots, destroy the airport. Then what? Then what was the thing that we were always going to do? Then what? Are, you, are we going to have Americans then get in street-to-street -street fight with these guys? With these, They're not afraid to die, the Taliban. They no, are good not. at dying. They've been doing it at least for 20 years now in bulk, thanks to this country. Uh, but still, the idea that they're not... Like the Sunday shows will actually... Some of them will try to talk about, hopefully at this point nobody's talking about the infrastructure bill because they can't talk about anything else. Mm -hmm. But we've got, what are we going to talk about now? DeSantis, now that the numbers actually have flattened off in, in Florida as well, I don't even know what you do. How do you pretend that this is not a historic F up that could turn into something that this country hasn't seen since 9-11? You know, if the Taliban right. wanted to right now rock and roll, they could. They know how to do that. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think the media knows this. Like, they have people there, first of all. So they're seeing a lot of this stuff before uh, the administration is saying it out loud. They're reporting that it's happening. But, I mean, also, I think there is a factor that they just don't like being made fools of. And I think that they feel like they're being made fools of right yes. now. I think that Jake Tapper was mad at Anthony Blinken this past weekend because, you know, they had sat here and had these people on. Jake Tapper made a big show of how he wasn't going to have on election liars because he wasn't going to have on lying liars Great on his point. show. And, you know, and then he has on Anthony Blinken all the time who flat out lied to him. Mm -hmm. And now he's having to have this person on and they're just lying to their faces over and over. And like some of the media are <laughs> taking it. There's still Jen Rubin sitting here being like, Biden's doing such a great job. And, but <laughs> they're getting out so many people. It's great. And, you know, but the people who have like a shred of honesty left are saying, you can't sit here and make me look like an idiot like this. Part of this thing, Alice. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's totally true. And, and you're right, Tapper said that he's not talking to liars anymore, so he wouldn't have people from the administration on, from Trump administration on, so they didn't have it on. That's it. You know, uh, and at the same time, you have, like, they had um, uh, Kate Beckins, Bettingford, what's Bettingfield, Bettingfield uh, on the other day, <laughs> and they said, will Biden take questions? He always takes questions, she said. He'll always take questions. She's in such automaton press flack, uh, you mm -hmm. know, mode, that as a media member, you say, okay, okay, fine, I understand, but come on. And she's, they're not giving you that. And they're not giving you that, one, because they're either, one, incapable of breaking out of a strict messaging um, administration, which is how they won the election. Mm -hmm. They kept them on the ground, very, very minimal, messaging, minimal, messaging, minimal, minimal, get them up there, minimal, get back down, get, yeah. get them up there. He'll yell, somebody call somebody a dog face pony <laughs> soldier, get them back down, message, messages, messages, the media worked for them, et cetera. But if you're simply, if your administration is one, a just administration, it's a showcase of identity politics higher for the first LGBT and the first black this and the first white this and the first Hispanic this, or first Latinx this, or first whatever. And if you're just an insular bunch, bunch of messengers, mm -hmm. well, then you're just doing what you know how to do. I mean, the, uh, the armadillo just knows how to roll up into a little you know, piece of steel. That's what it does. So if this animal, if the DNA of this administration is to simply message, 
um, and to uh, symbolize stuff, well, then go out there and talk about how it's the biggest airlift since whatever, and we're doing good, 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 good. We're on to we're on to Cleveland. We're and on. What to, do you want? A forever war? You just right. want a forever war? We can't right. stay there forever. How many we're more on, generations have to die? We're on to vaccines. We're on to vaccines. But it's interesting because so clearly at this where Biden finally took questions on Friday. Um, Biden had the list of people he was supposed to call on in front of him, which already is weird. Already that requires the press to be looking away because, you know, Trump held a lot of press conferences during the COVID days and a lot of them were crazy and not helpful to him. But he always took questions and spoke off the cuff and and, you know, called on people who were asking questions that he hadn't prepped right that's you know, what you can Trump that's had one been thing looking about him. down at a little piece of paper and going okay so the ap zeke miller where's zeke miller anybody okay there he is all right okay question like that's that's already asking the press to cover for you the fact that that is even happening so, right there so let me say something about that there is a there is a legitimate reason why you would have people come you would call on people in a row in in an order for mm-hmm. news organizations that you would do. You wouldn't do it in this one. You you don't do it for the sake of transparency or credibility because that plays against it. But you would do it in a sense where you would want the reporters to be ready to be looking for a boom mic or to be ready to go up to a mic. Mm-hmm. It's where you would want them to know just that, logistics reasons. Yes, you would want them to know that they're next to get your question ready next, etc. And, mm-hmm. and it's and and also you'd be you know you want to spread the wealth around as well. Um, there's a little bit of that. So so like I've been in situations where where I have had to go tell my question, do this, and then take my seat, and then the guy comes over and he'll they'll ask again. You know they there's a little bit to that. Um, but if it's, it looks to people who aren't in media, like you're simply approving the question, saying this one's easy. All right, Yamiche, you're good. That's fine. And, you know, all right, Jonathan Carl, that's fine. Well, also, in Biden's case, at least, it looks like he doesn't know who the people are, what organizations right. they work for, because he looks up and looks for the person and doesn't know who he's looking for. Whereas be- Trump would be like, yeah, you over there. Right. He'd be like, blockhead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but the, I think that, and that's that's a good point. They've, they've pushed themselves into that position by trying to contrast with Trump. But Biden, of course, he's a guy who knows names. He'll buy you an ice cream, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, I think they've forced that on themselves. But in this situation, you would want full, full transparency. In this situation, you've got new eyes on these pressers now. And if they're hearing that they're vetting the questions in the crowd, it's like, wait a second. But it didn't really help. The NPR guy still landed a punch. You know, it didn't. I mean, they were all landing punches. Yes. Really, they all asked questions that, even though they seemed to be the clear and obvious questions, Biden seemed totally unprepared for. Right. But like I said, it's like Biden's been seeing something totally different happening. You know, uh, yes. Biden's seen a successful airlift operation yes. happening, and the rest of us are watching a bunch of people trapped in a city with a bunch of terrorists running it. Yes, Alice. The situation is here. The explosive situation is right here. But the Team Biden is circling the wagons on an island that's over here that's mm-hmm. not even in the picture it's like that's light years away from even the 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 subject matter yeah they're like well i know that you guys didn't really want to withdraw from afghanistan but it's really important that this is actually where we need to be as a country right now like well, people are like but the- there's something happening in kabul in case you didn't notice and they're like well what do you want a forever war it's, it's remember it's the the two things i was looking for when somebody's a, usually it's an elected person or a, a greasy flack i look for is one the throwaway premise well they'll throw a premise out there and you expect it to accept it but it's usually that premise is the poison that should be deconstructed and thrown out right away Mm -hmm. and the other thing is are the uh throwaway disclaimers we're not going to get into the AFs right now. We're not going to talk about what went wrong right now. Right now, we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the AFs. We're not going to talk about the after action reports right now. ARs. Yeah, Biden did that too. There'll be plenty of time they, to talk about yeah, what we could have done better. Right, and that's his throwaway. So you're just the way he says it is so persuasive. You're like, oh, I guess there'll be plenty of time to talk. Right? <laughs> I guess we. No, no. F you is the answer to that. Well, we talk also- about that now. Right now. Right now, Millie, we talk about that. That's the issue. The issue is mm-hmm. what the. F did you 
idiots do. The issue well, is, and the though, issue isn't even what could they have done better. I mean, even though it's tempting, and I, I personally happen to agree, like I don't think Trump would have let this get to this point just purely out of self-preservation and optics. Like Trump has better media sense than that. Mm-hmm. But, but that being said, like. You know, you can say this isn't the time to analyze what we could have done better, but this sure is the time to be thinking about what you need to do to get the people out of there. And it doesn't seem like they have answers on that. Do you know what I mean? Like the people, what the media is asking him right now isn't what could you have done better? What the media is asking him is how are you going to get the people out that are trapped that can't get to the airport? And he's saying nobody can't get to the airport. That's not a thing. Right, which Which, is unbelievable. And then you have somebody else say, hey, by the way, we've gotten over 5,000 people out already. It's like, yeah, it's not. The story isn't you got 5,000 people out. The story is there's 17,000 people in. Right. And just think of all the people who weren't massacred. Not only that. The story 9-11 wasn't all the buildings left standing. (laughs) Right. So not only that, but the... They're getting out lots of Afghans and not as many Americans because I think the Americans are, for good reason, more afraid to leave their places of residence to try and well, go to the airport. Well, now they've been told not to. So, Well, yeah, now they've been told right. not to. But even so this like the 5,000 number, it, it was like 5,700. They're like, oh, we've gotten out almost 6,000 people in the last 24 hours minus the 12 hours when we shut the airport because we couldn't get anyone out. Um, but... Then they're going, okay, we got out almost 6,000 people, including almost 200 Americans. Oh, including almost what Americans? Uh, Including 200 Americans? So you got a bunch of people out, but they were almost entirely Afghans. (laughs) And I also read an interesting piece in National Review that was saying that um, the SIV program has been dramatically expanded over the years, that it used to be like, interpreters and the people who would quote take a bullet and went with our troops and everything else um but now it includes like anybody who like made deliveries to the embassy well i've also heard that they sent out this blank application essentially emailed Mm -hmm. it to everybody and just everybody printed it out and everybody had this blank application and so there's thousands more but I mean, it- so but I mean, I think that and Biden was trying to thread this needle because I think there's there's a lot of people pressuring him to say that he's going to commit to get our allies out. But there's also um, he also needs to make sure that he's prioritizing getting out Americans, which I don't think is happening right now. And like, you know, I like the pictures of the Marines holding the Afghan babies as much as anybody. I get it. Like, that's a great photo op and it makes everybody feel good. And yes, our troops are like the best goodest people in the world but like are we getting out americans or are we only getting out random afghan people who filled out a blank form well here's the thing alice that you asked that question but at the same time we have no answers as to how many americans are in country where they are uh if they've tried to leave um mm-hmm. if they want to leave like, what does the department of state do all day what are the all these people what are they if, if the military doesn't do war stuff and the State Department doesn't do Department of State stuff, including uh, Americans overseas and making sure that embassies and consulates are used uh, as a conduit for these folks, then does anybody do anything anymore? What do we do then? I, I don't I don't, I don't, know. How are you supposed to have faith in any of this stuff? Well, right. And I think that that's kind of what's happening in the media right now. And, you know, even though Nicole Wallace is saying that the problem is that 95% of you know, Washington elites want to stay in Afghanistan forever. And that's why that's why they're suddenly being mean to Biden. I don't think that's what it is. I think that there's legitimately um, as a C- I think it was a CBS show said this morning, a disconnect between the way Biden's describing the situation and what they're literally seeing with their own eyes on the ground. Um, I mean, how. How long can this sustain? The Biden administration seems to think this is going to blow over, but I don't think the press is going to let go of this bone at this point. No, and the more that the the Taliban watches TV too. Right. And the more they're seeing that... I mean, they're on Twitter. Right, and the more they're seeing that the United States has no recourse, that they have all the leverage, they have all the power and control, they can toy with us in Daho, as as Biden says, uh, all they want to, but... If you're the Taliban, why wouldn't you, and maybe they already are, why wouldn't you tweak a little bit? Make the make the administration feel a little bit of pain in front of the American people. 
You know, of course you would. You'd want to destroy resolve to the point before you build resolve, of course. So there's mm-hmm. a way to do it, I think. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, there's no. We're at us. We're completely. The Americans here are completely flaccid. We're just we're just lying there. We did, we've got no record. Somehow we've entered a deal with the Taliban that they're going to facilitate our entry into the airport. Just the same way they're going to facilitate uh, security in the citizenry by taking the guns. They're going to facilitate our entry into the airport, which they're doing now by blocking off the airport. Right. But we're in a deal, so we don't want to ruin the deal because if we ruin the deal, then they could just simply open up on us, destroy the airport, and all hell will break loose. Mm-hmm. So we have to take their bad deal where we're essentially this uh, dog on a leash, which is kind of a new thing for America to be in, um, or we have to... Uh, blow it all up and go all in and this administration is scared to do that of course we're scared right. to do anything i mean we're scared even to send out small contingents of troops into the city to get people which other which our nato allies have been doing france the uk germany have been sending people out into the city to get their citizens and bring them to the airport which right. so we're not we even have, doing we that we don't want to have a mogadishu moment you know which is mm-hmm. a bad extraction in 1992 mm-hmm. that is We've already had a Mogadishu moment because people are falling off the transport planes. Right. So if the Biden, if these idiots, and I don't know if the communication shop runs stuff, if it's Saki or whoever's not working this week, uh, I don't know what they think, but the time for photo ops to be any more damaging at this point, it's, it's over. This is already a communications disaster, which is why the comms people should just be pushed aside of the conversation at this point. And you should be dealing, although, I mean, I don't know who there is so, left. So, who do you think is going to go on Sunday shows this weekend? I mean, the, because that's got to be all the producers of all these shows, State of the Union and Meet the Press or whatever, all the all the places that have Sunday shows. They're all now calling the administration trying to get somebody, right? Right. So this is what you do. If I'm the, if I'm the, if I'm the Biden administration this weekend. Mm-hmm. So the big guy's not available, obviously. He's right. in Delaware. I would go full, full full hurricane Henry. I would be putting assets down there. I would be making sure that we're moving people from point A to point B. I would be hoping to goodness get the feds involved. Even have if Biden has to get out there in a in a jumpsuit and a FEMA jacket. Do whatever it yeah. takes. Get him up to Cape Cod to right, right. To, to, to change to the subject people. off of this. Hopefully that'll be wall to wall news. I mean for my own station in Connecticut, I haven't told you this that we're uh we're uh I may have to go down there. Or we oh. could go down there uh, for Sunday to Monday. Oh, God. Are you going to be on TV standing in, in the, the storm? Oh, no. I would love it. If they pay me, I'll, do, <laughs> I'll, I'll be there naked. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, no, because the power could get knocked out there. It's funny. We're having an interesting conversation because, speaking of media, so the, mm-hmm. so the we're up in essentially Newburyport, Massachusetts, essentially. The, the radio station's down in Hartford, Connecticut. And so what's it, about 100 miles, is it, or more? I have no clue, honestly. So anyway, it's like two miles, hours away. It's hundred miles south, we'll say, of of where we are right now. Um, and so we're trying to decide what to do. So on the air tomorrow, most of the hosts will be talking about the hurricane, which is just a lot okay. of filling, you know. <laughs> well, they'll be talking about the hurricane if nothing big happens in Afghanistan. That's well, right. Well, no, well, but well, actually, if it's local, they'll probably talk about the hurricane no matter what. Hmm. Um, and then, and that's all the also all the fresh news copy will come in. Um, and then we have to decide whether or not I go down there in case the power gets knocked up here, or do I stay up here in case the power gets knocked down down there? Well, there, if the power is knocked out down there, can you still be on air from here? I could be, yes. There's generators oh. down there that could do some stuff. Oh. Or I could go down in Boston and do it from there, or down in Connecticut. I like hurricanes. I would love to be in the hurricane. <laughs> you know, how cool So, but they're be? not sure what the path of the hurricane is going to be yet. Right now, right? it looks like it's headed straight for Hartford. Okay, and so if it touches down in Hartford first, it's not going to be as bad when it gets to Newburyport, right? No, it could be crappy. No, it would just be rain. Rain, yeah. But so, I mean, so, but that will absolutely play into the coverage this Sunday of the Sunday shows. Who do you put out there? I guess maybe you put out. But I mean, if I don't think at this point, since Millie is is leaking so much, and or Austin's leaking, I think. Austin's right? leaking, and. I, I don't. Uh, but know. I think Austin and Millie are both mad, and I think this goes back to other things that have happened in the administration. I don't think. Okay, so I made fun of Millie in my song for his like white rage stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think 
Millie necessarily is like a woke dude actually in his home life. And I think that these people are trying to, that they tried to go out here and they put themselves out here and they went to bat for the administration and got made fun of. I don't think Millie likes that there's memes of him with rainbow hair all over the whole internet, you know? And he went out there and he took that hit and he became the face of the stupid woke military. You know, to go to bat to go. It is. But he went to bat for the Biden administration and he put himself out there and took that hit. Do you think he's happy now that he and Austin are out here taking the fall for this, doing briefings at the Pentagon where they're getting yelled at by the media and the president's on vacation? No, I think they're heartbroken. I think that they rolled the dice. I think they thought they said they said the right thing to preserve um, a certain new occupational um, prerequisite, and and they did it tongue in cheek, you know, knowing that that it was fraudulent. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, now they've had to deal with an obstinate Joe Biden who's not listening to them. Who's, yeah. who's, uh, who's lost it, apparently, his ability to reason, who's always had terrible judgment. Well, and this, this wasn't part of the deal, you know, because mm-hmm. the whole voting for Joe Biden was supposed to be back to normal Washington status quo, where the military is respected and they're important and listened to and it's taken seriously and not Trump, who's just, you know going out here blowing stuff up and doesn't care because, you know, I think that people who are like sober-minded, serious Washington people were like concerned about Trump because they couldn't like box him in and control him. Mm-hmm. And they thought with Biden, they were getting back to normal. Like people, he'll listen to us. He's serious. He has like the credentials and he knows how Washington works. And that this, where they just get hung out here to dry for something that's still unfolding and they're not allowed to. The media is asking them, why don't you have Bagram? Why aren't you sending troops out to get American citizens who are trapped in this city? And they have no answers because they're not being allowed to do what they know has to be done to save Americans right now. Right. And I don't think they like being put in this position, especially by a president who's already made them a laughingstock. Right. And you've got almost nobody who is... Uh, duplicating the president's messaging. Everybody's coming out with their own disparate mm-hmm. uh, explanation. Everybody's saying, well, I warned him that this could definitely or, or, happen. Or- right. Or saying, well, we knew it would be trouble, but we think this much trouble, or the forces were melted away, or this. Uh, everybody has essentially their, their reason, but that's their reason. But those are all in in place of the truth, which is the old man just wanted us gone and he didn't listen. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Truth that nobody can really say right now. But, I mean, we'll see. Because So do you think Biden right now, as he's sitting at home in Delaware watching the news and eating tapioca pudding or whatever he's doing, is, I mean, do you think that he he really believes that this is just going to be fine and blow over? Does he just not realize what's going on in Kabul at all? Is I mean, what what's going through Biden's mind right now? I think right now... Apart from the the part of his mind that's just gone, I think right now he he gets pangs of reality where he realizes that he is at the that he is the author of one of the biggest blatant foreign policy cockups that has ever happened with this country, and that we are at the precipice of a d- disaster, deadly disaster. And I think I mean, he so is he just that, praying that nothing I, yes, really I bad happens? It's a whistling past a graveyard. I think the all of them are saying, which is saying, okay, tomorrow's another day. Hopefully something changes tomorrow. Then another day. And they're hoping to God that the Taliban thinks, because they're trying to have a stern face, talking about the biggest airlift in history and this and that. Mm-hmm. Trying to have a, a stern front about it. But they know that if the Taliban ever, and they're hoping it works, if the Taliban sees how stoic they are and says, wow, they must have, maybe we don't have all the leverage. Wow, they seem to be very mm-hmm. serious. or They seem to be unshaken by all of this stuff. 
But I think that. Well, they- and I see people saying like the Taliban's really cash poor. They need to be on our good side because they need foreign credit to uh, run their government. I don't think the Taliban cares been- about running a working no. government. They have been eating womp rats now. Or like for somebody said this to me that they were like, "Don't they want to help the U.S. get out because then they can just run the country in peace the way they want?" I'm like, they have no idea how to run a country. It's much better for them well, to I be mean, involved. They in- they know how to run an authoritarian Islamist state. Else they know. How how to go just whack everybody who looks at you wrong yeah i mean, but I mean it's not good for the bureau of to, tourism certainly there's but, more to running a country than that oh yeah you have right. to like you know things <laughs> but then, and, if, you know for what they're looking for i mean they just need uh, but so do you think they want the u.s out or do you think it benefits them to keep the u.s having to be involved with their craziness I think that I think the they're like a dysfunctional people, family member that keep needs to keep like dragging people into their drama. I think the drama. high level high level people with wisdom want the Americans out so that they can be free to make their Islamist state um, come to full fruition and do all the great stuff like throw hang people from cranes and whack people in soccer fields and all that stuff. Um, and I think there are, uh, and they also want to do some business with China and the rare earth minimal minerals and all that. I think there are some, some more, the geniuses, the maniacal, brilliant people, Islamists are thinking we should have some fun with this. Well, there's also, despite what Biden said Friday, that, you know, Al Qaeda is totally gone from Afghanistan. Uh, John Kirby came out that same day and said that we know Al Qaeda is active there right now as we speak. Right. Uh, and so, and so those are people, these are like the bin Ladens who just want fireworks and to screw with the West. Well, also and Biden also said, Biden also said, remember these people fought fiercely against ISIS, fiercely against ISIS. They're mortal enemies with ISIS at the same time telling us, you know, I think they're at an existential crossroads trying to humanize the Taliban for us and make them... They wear uh, fashion now. Yes, and trying to make them fluffy and warm to us. Trying to, That's what Biden's doing now as well. And I think it's also a way to try to, um, to, try to suck up to the Taliban, mm-hmm. to throw them a little love, say, wow, they're very sophisticated. They're, you know, thinking they want to be a part of the community. Yes, you do, right? <laughs> and they were part of... You know, I, I think we're trying to... We're really... This administration and this country, we're a nervous hostage of um, of Hans in Die Hard here. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to say what it takes to placate him and placate the country, the citizens, the rest of the hostages in the Nakatomi building, etc. And there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. But we are at their mercy. And unfortunately, I think there's that there's some, they're not all stupid. You can already tell they're, they're, I mean, they're idiots, obviously, but many of them are much more advanced than they used to be. I mean, how could you not be? They they're plugged into Facebook. Right. They use Facebook. They're you know what they're as is with so many uh, countries in the world, especially third world countries. The like the almost um, um, the almost um, adhesive is is he adhesing a word? Adhering. Okay, the almost adhering document for a lot of these places is Facebook. <laughs> you know, yeah. they use it for all of their messaging, for all of their, um, for uh, all of their, uh, you know, document official documentation, etc. Mm-hmm. So, I- so from the U.S. perspective, what do you think is now the best case scenario? Like, if you could just wave a magic wand, right, and you know put somebody in charge who's going to solve it. I mean, like, I guess not wave a magic wand because I want something that's, like, actually feasible to happen. So, like, I think Austin and Millie would know roughly what to do if they had somebody competent in charge. So, like, who's that someone? Who could step in right now? Obviously, even if you 25th Amendmented Biden, Kamala is not going to be able to run this operation. Yeah, are well, we in agreement? But, but so sure, like but Alice, there's a constitution. Involved. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like, I mean, like what's what's the best case scenario for the people in Kabul? If you're in Kabul, what are you hoping happens domestically in the United States to increase your chances of leaving the country? Like, are you hoping that you know somebody that the cabinet has a coup and gets rid of Biden and Kamala? Are you hoping and like we get? Na- 
President Nancy Pelosi running the operation? Is that more competent? Wait, if you're the people in Kabul, the, the Americans? Yeah, if you're an American in Kabul right now and you're like, this guy has is not going to get me out of here. Is the embassy sending you letters to stay in your apartment? Like, what are what are you hoping happens that significantly changes this situation for you? I think you're hoping that this administration, some adult somewhere, throws aside the PR efforting, the effort to try to spin this, whitewash this. But who uh, is that? Is that Blinken? Is Blinken going to step up and, and say no, we're going to run? A, he's a theologian, Blinken. He's a true believer. So, he, um, it's, it I is, mean, Ron Klain? Is Ron Klain going to step up and do something here? Who's going to do something to... Uh, shift this situation in a better direction? Who's going to be the adult and say, like, this is not working? I mean, is there anybody left who's in a position to do something about this right now? Well, you know, it's a, it's a sucky time to have, um, you know, a Congress full of whack job socialists. Uh, so who's, the, oh, you know who is? You know who might be the guy? Who? President Joe Manchin. Oh, well. He yeah. could be the guy. Who says, I don't know who to talk to around here in the White House. I don't know how many of you are woke morons, etc. But there needs to be 15,000 uh, United States, including a bleep load of special forces, making their way immediately overnight and thunderstriking these goddamn fucking cockroaches. Yeah, we need to secure a Bagram Air Force Base and we need to start getting Not Americans Air Force to Base? Out. Get into Kabul? Start waxing these guys? Start making sure that there's that we can get out, that we got a straight line there? Put them on their heels? It won't look pretty? Um, and yes, and it, it, it make it an emergency extraction, which it should be. It should yeah. be an emergency extraction, regardless of what happens, regardless if we lose some people, etc. You know, and then leave and the then, country if you want. Then, well, yeah, or then, or then there's this, you know, there's this uh, fledgling uh, resistance as well that's making a little strides. Well, and then pour some of our the millions we're tossing like fr frisbees all around to some of these guys, including um, the American um, American forces. Mm -hmm. And uh, but Biden's not going to approve that at this point. So to get that to happen, you need him. I mean, does somebody go to Kamala and say, listen, we know you have no idea what to do and you're stupid, but help us get Biden out and we'll help tell you what to do so you can look like the hero here. Like, is somebody going to Kamala right now and saying that to her? There will be. And you can see this just by anecdotally, the people defending Biden. There is a new set of psychotic Americans who believe Biden's being un treated unfairly, mm -hmm. that people are foisting this problem, which is Trump's on him. And They're mostly never Trumpers. It's all yes, like Jen yes, Rubin and Nicole yep. Wallace mm -hmm. and uh, Cherry Jacobus claims that this is a, uh, a booby trap that Trump mm -hmm. set for Biden, which like, I don't right. know oh, how many it's all levels Just look insanity. at how they're treating the press. They hate CNN now. These wackos. They hate their their NPR for asking questions. Mm -hmm. Like another gotcha question. How dare they do this? It's so unfair. It's like those people. I, I don't know. Those are Democratic voters. And if you're gonna rip away their presidency, I mean, what you gotta have have done is you have to have Biden have uh, for health reasons or whatever some for certain noble mm -hmm. reasons. Well, that's what they're gonna say if they do the Twenty Fifth Amendment thing. But you have to think that people like Austin and Milley. Uh, why do I hear our door? But you have to think that people like Austin and Millie and even Kamala and Blinken, like when they were standing behind Biden yesterday, they did not look pleased with how things were going. They're probably thankful for the masks at this at this point. Yeah. So when so they've got to be talking about it. Yeah. But since I mean, it, it is I mean, it's a little bit. Have we done that before the 25th Amendment? No, that's I mean that's it's an pretty, amendment to the Constitution. It dates from the sixties. Pretty damn radical. I mean, a president's allowed to have a horrific, horrifically screwed up, incompetent. But the question is, they've been sitting in meetings with him. I wrote about this on your Substack. They're the ones who've been sitting with meetings in him, uh, sitting in meetings with him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they know where his mind is and if he's actually competent to be having this conversation because. I think there is a question now whether this is just a policy screw up or if this is uh, he's a screw up because he's not mentally there enough to be coordinating this effort. Right. And that and just going back to the deal with Macron and Boris Johnson and the fact that it took him 
all the time. Well, they're desperately trying to get a hold of him saying, what are you doing? We've got people in there and he can't get back to them. The fact that yesterday he was 50 minutes late. For 50 that- minutes late. He's turning to Blinken saying, was that yesterday or the day before? He thought the planes thing was five, five days ago when it was two days ago. He's, I mean, this is a question. You can't. He's the commander in chief, and this is a military mm-hmm. operation. And, you know, like I joked about this on the podcast, but it's a serious concern. There's different departments here. There's, you know, there's Anthony Blinken at the Department of State and those people who are dealing with processing visas and who's there and trying to figure out from our embassy, you know, who's in country and who's not. And then you have the military operations and you have these people saying, here's what we need to do. So, you need somebody coordinating this effort from the executive branch who's in charge of what's going on, and that should be, with all rights, the president, correct? Sure, or the chief of staff. If the president's but- a dullard, then the chief of staff is, knows who's asked to kick and whatever. But it is telling that yesterday, not only, you know, I was like I said, I was on radio yesterday, and at so 106, bing, we start, we start, supposed to start at 1, I throw it at 12.58, whatever, to the news and the president, mm-hmm. he's not there, still not there. Remember, I came down to watch a speech with you. Yeah. And well, and I said to you, like, oh, they're always late. He's always, like, 10, 15 minutes late getting started. Right. No big deal. Like, And sometimes they are always late. But generally, you're getting an indication. If they're not on at 106, which is when all the radios go and not on at a certain time, then generally you're getting an indication. Somebody might come to the podium and say, by the way, POTUS will be down shortly. It's going to be 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I went all through. I stretched saying nothing from all the way till 29.50. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's still not coming. The fact that nobody thought to say anything, that we got no messaging, that we didn't get a tweet saying we're working on it, that we didn't hear they were running, that we get nothing at a time like this when you need to show that you're on the ball and you can't be on time. And it's not about like, oh, they're never on time for me. I want to get home. I'm going to file and get home. This is a where is anybody communicating? Is anybody communicating? At some point on Twitter, we saw a bunch of people saying that they, they thought that, that it had been canceled. It's like, well, is somebody going to counter that? Mm-hmm. Where, so that means that, that clean told the press shop to be quiet. Everybody be quiet as we try to handle it. We try to put him out there the best we can. That means that they were crafting messaging much later than they, than they thought, that they didn't think he was ready uh, for, for, you know, for a long, long time. That means that they were utterly un, unprepared whatsoever. And that is, that is a nuance. To be, not, to be unprepared at every single level to have nobody there, that's just an indicator that if it, the communication shop doesn't know anything and they're simply trying to pass content and or guidance, however flippant or minimal, to the press and there's nothing to give them, then that tells you that there's, there's no leadership from the top. If the communication shop mm-hmm. is unable to communicate even nonsense or spammy things, then that means it's they've come to a grinding halt. It's... It's a problem. Yeah, and I think that's what the media is seeing too because I think the media would be willing to like run cover if they were being given any material, but they're getting um, you know, abandoned by the the president's press office. They you know, they were out there waiting for 45 minutes too to to give their questions and 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 weren't getting any information. So right. Well, that's not just their questions. They've got to talk back to the control room. They've got to talk back to mm-hmm. everybody else. You know, this the communication shops are familiar with broadcast and print, and in, they're familiar with all this stuff. So they work for. They help you. They give you material you need if you're in if you're in a video platform. They'll give you some video to use if you're just audio. They'll give you MP3s, etc. They'll mm-hmm. give you a backgrounder. They'll give you all sorts of copy because they want you to take it all because essentially then you're just trumpeting them. Right. But they didn't have anything to give because they have nothing to say because they don't know what to say because there's there's because the administration at the top has flatlined. Right. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I look forward to watching the news with you tomorrow as we do. Or tonight. I mean, who knows? This is such an amazing time. I don't know. (laughs) This is crazy. But, uh, yeah, and thank you all for listening. We'll keep you guys posted with whatever we hear is happening, of course, as we go on here. But um, for now, we're going to go and enjoy our day with family, and I'm going to work on finishing our shed outside. And uh, what are you going to do, Thomas, today? 
I'm glad you mentioned. It. I was gonna make a fun uh, mural. I thought of uh, of a sleepy meadow somewhere in the uh, pantry. Great, that sounds like a plan. So. I see you. So you can follow him at Tom Shattuck on Twitter. I am at Alice Shattuck. The show is the 1570 Project. We also appear together regularly on a show called the Burn Barrel Podcast, which you can follow on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod or at BurnBarrelPodcast.com. But in any case, enjoy your weekend. Try to do as much as you can. Don't look at the news if you don't have to because it's not pretty. And uh, Have fun in the hurricano. Yeah, have, enjoy your hurricane and we will see you all tomorrow. Clouds rolled in and I said Must have brought the rain from Boston But you looked at me and I felt